gets it back. Wriggles away from Keita. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant from Eddie What a player he is! That is outrageous! Smash and grab in front of the Chelsea fans. Goodness me, that is, even by oh, his God, standards, Spencer. I've gone changing. Um, <laughs> oh, will... You know what? No, right. Let, let's stop there for a, for a second. This is staying in. Um, what did we give out to Barkley earlier? What was that award? Stinker, Stinker of the, the week. week. You've had Stinker of the Week by just saying that sentence. That is outrageous. We're going to clip this and this is going to be the intro to the podcast. Oh, don't. This is the intro. Yeah. Oh, great. You're a moron. Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> Crikey. All right, guys, we're Continue. back for episode 21 of the Blue Crew podcast. Um, I'm joined yet again face-to-face in person with Luca Foley and Oliver OJ Jones. This feels so much better to be back in the studio, doesn't it, fellas? We're, we're face-to-face, finally. We're... Not quite. I mean, there's a wall between us and OJ because he wanted to be... I'm in the control you know, In the booth. On in the, the computer. Yeah, this isn't going to be too structured today. It's just going to be a general chit-chat about football, about Chelsea. Yep. We'll cover some topics. Should be fairly light-hearted, maybe not too long. But episode 21 is out. We're going to try and get these out probably a little bit more frequently um, than we did last year. Yeah. But yeah, we boys, are... it's good to be back. But we're back. We are back. That's the main thing. Yeah. We'll start off talking about football, um, yeah. obviously, strangely enough. Um the big news this morning coming out of the club is we have signed the Senegalese giant to replace short arms Kepa in goal. Um, Edouard Mendy signed for just over £20 million this morning. How do we feel about that deal? Mate, £22 million for a young goalkeeper for five years. Not a bad deal at all. Um, I'm happy. Um, I think signing him from Rennes, good, nice little club in France as well, you know. So I can't knock it. I cannot knock it. Um I think we we are in sort of I think our goalkeeper is a is a now a position that we need to sort of solidify because of the places that we've bought in during the summer. Um so yeah, I'm happy with the transfer. Mm. Luca Foley, what do you think? I think I mean any goalkeeper right now would just do the job because as we've seen recently with Kepa's performances, it's not been entirely convincing as he showed against Liverpool. But I mean a six foot six giant for twenty million the age of 28 from a decent club and in Ren, like OJ said, who I believe doing quite well in league. And I mean, you can't go wrong, can you? No, it, it makes sense for all parties, doesn't it? You know, um, at absolute least he's going to challenge Kepa and improve him. Um, but realistically, I think we've basically all given up hope that Kepa's ever going to succeed at Chelsea. Um, stop there for a second. What are you thinking, OJ? No, nothing. I'm just, just, just carry on. Just carry on. Okay. Um, working out the levels, that's all. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so at very least, he's going to challenge Kepa for first place. But I think, uh, realistically, we've all given up with Kepa. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't think he's ever going to succeed at Chelsea. Maybe he'll go to Spain. Maybe he'll become a better goalkeeper. Let's hope so, because he's a nice guy. Mm. He's just not good enough to win us Yeah, a, a Premier League. Like He's showed signs, but... It's not just his physicality, he just makes mistakes. It might be his mentality, he's a confidence goalkeeper. And if there's a position on the pitch that you need a player to be confident all the time and not rely on confidence, it's got to be in goal because you're going to concede goals and our defence isn't good enough to have a fragile keeper. He's the last line. I completely agree. Um, I think, yeah, he's he is too fragile. We know he's too fragile. And um, it's just... It's really disappointing because, you know, obviously we weren't in the best of situations on the on the last because we, we needed a goalkeeper, and um, we didn't really we didn't get Allison. We know we were talking to Allison now. We didn't get him. Liverpool got him, so we had to splash for someone who was not worth the splash, um, which is unfortunate. I'd see people saying that they'd like to see him go out on loan. Um, bring in, obviously we've brought in Mendy, even Willie Caballero. I mean, he was incredible, I think, last night against Barnsley. I know it's Barnsley, but... Probably the best ever goalkeeper performance in a 6-0 win for the winning side, I think. Yeah, I yeah he ma- was really good. I don't good. think many sides have won a game 6-0 and he still gone, really wow, good. that keeper played well. Yeah. 
No, he was. He was. He was class. Think... And um, yeah, I just think that it's disappointing for Kepa. It's disappointing for us as fans. But Mendy coming in, I think, is definitely the right move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are people saying this is just a stopgap. I don't believe that. No. Um, Chelsea wouldn't do that. Although we needed to do that, I don't think we would do that. We wouldn't. Twenty million's a good price. We can't go wrong. Edward Mendy just has to come in and play for Chelsea in the Premier League, and we will get our money back for him no matter what. This I mean, isn't a he business deal. He can't be as bad as Kepa has been. Surely not. Yeah. Kepa statistically has been one of the worst goalkeepers the Premier League's ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, there's no room for stock gaps, is there? No, but yeah, the point is, we've not signed Edouard Mendy to go next year. We'll sign Oblak. Yeah. We're going if Edouard Mendy works out well, we don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, like we just we just don't we don't know that much about him. We know he's tall, and we know. I mean, a couple of years ago, he wasn't even playing football. I think it was about his five year rise is ridiculous. He's come up so quickly. He was going to quit football. So, look, it'll be it's interesting. Chelsea fans are excited. We've got a goalkeeper. Let's go. This is going to make a massive difference, just confidence-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to mix with that, last night against Barnsley, we saw two debutants in the back line. Thiago Silva started yeah. and played 60, let's, 70 minutes. Let's let's talk about that Barnsley game because obviously we won 6-0. We're through to the fourth round of the Carabao Cup. Um, commiserations to Barnsley. I didn't think they played horrendously. No, they gave it a go. They Going forward, I thought Barnsley... They looked dangerous in, in places. They they created chances and they make Caballero work. I mean, in all honesty, looking back at the goals, the only one of them that I think we really broke them down for was Havertz's first goal yeah, with the dummy. With the Mason. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. the only reason we managed to score the goals is because Barnsley were playing on the halfway line because they were dominating the game. We just counter-attacked against Barnsley. They were pressing us early. There was, they had a few chances. Yeah, a few close did. shaves. Probably took... A mixture of things. They probably took us by surprise the way that they approached the game. Sure. Mm-hmm. And secondly, not this is an excuse because it's obviously early season for Barnsley as well. But our players are still getting up to it. It's hard to start matches really sharp. I mean, it's hard mentally to get into a game for our players against Barnsley anyway. You know, like people like Havertz and they're not sure what to expect. They've not played this sort of game. You know, they know the history behind it and stuff like that. But it's got to be hard for you to start a game like absolutely racing. And going, especially a cup game, especially midweek, horrible weather. So we grew into the game definitely. Yeah. Mm. And up next, it's either Leighton Orient or Spurs. So I think I, I think I'd know who I'd want. Yeah. Definitely Leighton Orient. To see them knock Spurs out would be absolutely so, hilarious. But not probably not going to happen. Game's going to go ahead. To be honest, it'll go yeah. ahead. But I mean, at which point it, is the question? Well, if it doesn't happen, do we just get a bye? That would be nice, wouldn't it? No, they'll put Spurs through. Why? Because Leighton Orient were the ones that had to cancel the game. Let's well, be unfair. Matter. It's not their it's, fault. It's not, it's not their it, fault it got cancelled. It is. I mean, it sort of is. It it's sort their of is. 18 of their players are coronavirus. Some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look at your face. But you wouldn't, just, you wouldn't just, <laughs> you wouldn't just see, disqualify them. I can't even see Lucas' no. face right now and I already know what face he's pulling. <laughs> no, it, no, I mean, this isn't... Obviously, the first port of call is going to be play the game yeah but if the game can't be played or rescheduled because Spurs and the fixture schedule in general yeah, doesn't have time for no. rematches or replays do they just get a bye then Spurs... do we just go through to the fifth round I don't really know it'll be an interesting one crazy mm. times we can hope so yeah always yeah. Cup, um, isn't it so what but the Barnsley game yeah the, what were the main talking points for you if you could sum it up in five points Luca the, the link up between Tammy Abraham and Havertz Sorry, not it's not relating to your question, but the link up between Tammy Abraham and Kai Havertz I thought was very, very impressive. Yeah, especially early on, that yeah. goal with when Tammy Abraham flicked it back. See, I for I, Tammy for Kai Havertz and the dummy as well. Yeah, I thought I, were very good. I yeah. saw it sort of as a link up between Havertz and Mount playing. Well, they played as in uh, actually like him, Abraham, and Mount as in like not not a triangle, but just the three of them. Worked so fluidly well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really impressive to watch. That is one of the strengths of Mount on the wing. Not that I'm a fan of it long term, but yeah. because he just runs about the pitch, you wouldn't necessarily know he was playing as a left winger because he just covers all the space anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, so going on from what you said about Tammy Abraham and Havertz, you would expect Havertz 
and Mount to start at the weekend against West Brom? Yeah, probably. Would you be tempted to see uh, Werner, Mount, Tammy Abraham front three? Or do you think Mount in midfield? Or, yeah, like, like after, like, we obviously know Werner can play left wing, and mm-hmm. we know that Tammy started, scored one goal, was annoyed he didn't get a second, played well in general, for, especially for his first start of the season. Um, there's a big chance that he could play at the weekend. Would you Would you go for Werner on the left wing and Tammy up front, maybe Mount on the right wing, maybe Hudson Adoy, maybe Mount in midfield, whatever? It'd be nice to see Werner on the wing with, with Tammy because I remember the reports at the start of the season saying Frank would like to try and implement Werner and Tammy into the same team. But, I mean, I would prefer it better if Mount was in midfield. I mean, Tammy really is the forgotten man from last season, which is ridiculous. He was our top scorer. He got 15 goals in his debut season. I mean, he wasn't fantastic, but he was really good and he outdid any expectations, I thought. And without him, we wouldn't have done anywhere near as well as we did last season. Mm-hmm. Let's let's not just write off his second half of the season because his first half was probably the best striker in the league up until Christmas, up mm-hmm. until the injuries and lockdown. We don't just forget him. Like, yeah. I felt bad for him because... The way that Werner started, we're all excited. Yeah, it was like, oh well, well, where does Tammy fit into this? Mm-hmm. But he's made his mark straight away, and that—that's a sign. I mean, you can look at him; he looks bigger. He looks like he's done a Beefing lot of work up. on his yeah. body, which is good. But that's the sort of mentality that you love to see from Chelsea strikers. It's mm-hmm. just this: right, here's my chance, here's my goal. Giroud came on, here's my chance, here's my goal. Yeah, yeah. Like it may not be nice for the players to be benched, but if Chelsea can play three strikers and all three of them score goals, I mean... We're sorted. I don't care who you know? starts. Yeah. yeah. As long as we score. As long as you score, mate, you can, you can get in the team if you score. Mm-hmm. And what would you... I mean, we weren't defensively particularly solid, but that was probably due to the fact that our midfield was... Kovacic was our like sort of central midfielder. Yeah. We had... Havertz and Barkley, no one there particularly defensively sound. What would you What would you go for the weekend, OJ? Start at eleven. Just in midfield. Oh, just in Kante, midfield. Jorginho back in. One of them, both of them. Um, it's interesting because it. De- I think your midfield depends on who you play up front. Yeah. More than who you, I because I'd start with. Obviously, you've got your keeper and your defence. Then I'd go attack. Then I'd go midfield. So is this? Basically, if you've got a centre mid position because Mount's on the wing or not, yeah, because Mount so will like, play. If you're playing, it's just Mount, which, which position playing, he he mm. takes up. Exactly. So if you're playing Mount on the wing, your strike force, your attack third, is different to your midfield third. But yeah. If he's playing in the middle, sorry, sorry. If you're playing Mount on the wing, your attack third is different than if he was playing in centre mid, mm-hmm. because you can if he's playing centralised. You can fit more than if he's if he's on the wing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so his like, best position is in midfield, not on the wing. Exactly. Yeah. But for now, especially as Lampard doesn't seem to particularly not not trust Hudson Odoi, but not want to play him every game. Yeah. Mount could easily start on the wing again at the weekend. And I don't think people would have many problems. If he plays like he did against Barnsley against West Brom at the weekend, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. But. No. I don't want to see it as a long-term solution. Yeah. I'd rather see it as, like, if it's if it's short-term, I'm happy with it. If it's not, then I'd rather him go and find someone that can play on the wing. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there really is no competition when Pulisic and Ziyech are back. Exactly. Yeah. Mount isn't going to play on the wing. Yeah. It doesn't. So we don't know who is. We don't know who is going to play where. Because well, realistically, Ver- well, I mean, not realistically, Werner, Tammy, Pulisic and Ziyech can't all play in the same team. Um, 4 2 2 2. Yeah. Pr- <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there's no Mount, and you know, you know, so. No, 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 you can play Mount. But, so Mount isn't going to take up one of our wing options when everyone is fit. Mm-hmm. So, leading on from that, we've heard Lampard talk a lot in midweek about Hudson Adoy and his attitude, and he, he said, look, he needs to show it in training, he needs to show it in training. The word is that people are interested in him on loan. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Hudson Odoi particularly wants to leave. He just wants game time. Mm-hmm. What is going wrong for him? I mean, he, he's 19 years old. You know, this isn't do or die. But we want to see more from him. 
Mm-hmm. Just give us your thoughts on just the whole sort of Hudson Odoi situation. I think. I mean, I it's definitely the game time would help him a lot, but I I still think he's got this. It's kind of like Loftus Cheek. He's still got the sort of Achilles injury in the back of his mind. Because obviously, when you're 18 and you tear your Achilles tendon, it's kind of a it's going to be a scary thing to happen to you, and it's going to take you a very long time to recover from it. But I think if he can get game time and uh, sort, he actually played quite well against Barnsley. I thought he had some good flashes, but if he can just play more games, I think Lampard. And will be able to see that he he deserves to stay. But I think it's the game. I think he sort of just needs to block out his sort of injury worries, kind of like Loftus Cheek, so he gets back into back into the swing of how he was before. Because at the, before his Achilles injury, he did look really really strong, and also at times after his injury. But I still think the game time has sort of hampered him a bit. So I think more game time and just sort of blocking out his injury worries. I think that will help him a lot. And just before I ask you, OJ, I, I mean personally, I didn't think Loftus Cheek. Uh, Hudson Odoi was particularly good yesterday, but he tried so much. Like it, it visibly seemed to annoy him when he couldn't do what he wanted. And for me, that's all right. He was trying. He was trying to take people on. He was trying to come inside. He was trying to go in behind. He was trying to commit players and dribble with the ball. It just didn't quite work out for him. Fair play, those games happen. I mean, that's what we've seen from Havertz for two games. Now mm-hmm. he scored a hat trick. Then the same was last night. He tried. Havertz tried so many little flicks and stuff. They don't all come off, but you try enough. They're, they're going to come off. They're going to happen. And, and he's got the ability. And we know Hudson Odoi's got the ability. So for me, last night wasn't all negative in the fact that he didn't play very well, but he kept on going. And genuinely, he was. He looked so unhappy at the full time whistle with how he played. I like that. Mm. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't either. Um, you know, when he lost the ball. There was actually a point where you pointed it out to me, I think. Might have been during the second half. But he literally lost the ball. And, like, obviously you're expected to do this, but if Lampard's talking about his attitude in training not being good enough, then you'd sort of expect to see him out on the pitch just walking about. Like, there are players that do just literally just walk about and do nothing. Um and luckily, I don't think Hudson Odoi is one of those players. Uh, like you pointed it out to me last night, where he lost the ball and ran as fast as he could after that ball. I think he, I didn't, I think he did foul the player, but it just shows his intent. It just shows that he wants to, he wants to do what he knows he can do. He wants to prove himself, and that's that. Like you said, that's that's fine with me. I don't mind him doing that. I mean, this is the thing. Um, last year, with William and Pedro in particular, not not for the lack of effort, but it's just that sort of, we're 30 years old, we know we're leaving at the end of the season, we're not first choice, oh, we lose the ball. It's, it's not my job, it's not my job. But under Lampard, and hopefully this is the attitude he's instilling, and it looks like it is, especially on his wingers, because we know Mount will do it, we know Kante will do it, you know, and we, you know, we know there's a lot of players in the team that will do it. But from his forward players, it's just this, right? I need the ball. We need the ball. I don't give up. You know. Yeah. I'm not playing well. I've lost the ball. Well, I better win it back for my team then. I've just lost it. Havertz against Brighton. What was his highlight of the game? It was tracking back 80 yards to win the ball. It wasn't anything he did in the attacking third. Mm-hmm. Now, again, as you say, that's fine by me. Not everyone plays well every game, but if I'm seeing Hudson Odoi put in the effort and look annoyed that he's not playing well, brilliant. Keep going that way, and you'll be fine, son. Because yeah. you've got the ability, it will come. He's not just lazing around, he's not just waiting for an opportunity that he thinks he deserves. He's going, right, look... I have to prove myself. Yeah, sorry, yeah. boss, I've not played well. Yeah. But look at my sprints, look at my tackles. I'm a winger, come on now. I'm also 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Yeah. The mentality is impressive. Yeah, I think it is impressive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just... It's just it's just really good from from yeah. uh, from Joe. If if you've got that mentality at nineteen, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have it till you're what thirty five. The world the world's <laughs> at his feet still. Like Hudson Odoi is a guy that has been spoken about so much, considering he's nineteen and hasn't really done much in his footballing career. Like he's obviously this huge prospect, but there are so many players at different clubs. People like I know Harvey Barnes is a little bit older, but. It's just like, just because he's this wonder kid, everything he does is like criticised so much. Whereas 
in terms of on the football pitch, there hasn't been loads, but we know it's there. That's why we judge him so harshly. Mm-hmm. Talking of people that we judge, and I know Luca loves this guy, and I mean, we all do, but I think you're a particular fan. Um, a guy didn't get any game time last night, and Lampard spoke about Loftus Cheek mm-hmm. has uh, this morning been linked with a loan move to West Ham. Um, we know the connotations of a certain West Ham midfielder that Chelsea would like, but before we get onto that, where do you stand on Loftus Cheek, game time, another loan, and how is he going to move forward? I think a loan would probably be best for his confidence because when I watch him, it's like he's 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 like he's scared to do. It's like he's scared to get stuck in sometimes, and he's trying so hard to do things that he's just not normally used to doing. Like he's trying to do quite a lot of funny, fancy skills and flicks and stuff, and he's trying to bust his way through like midfields and it, it just looks like he's really struggling and I think it's and again it comes down to game time like Hudson Odoi but I think alone would probably be best for him where he can get regular game time and just sort of build his sort of confidence back up like at Palace he was fantastic for Crystal Palace and I think if um, if he can get decent game time somewhere he can just straight away build that confidence back up and then hopefully come back in and I know the midfield depth if he does go out on loan and come back might be a lot more stacked than it is when he le- if he leaves, but I think he just he could go out on loan and get game time. If Frank's not picking him for a if Frank's not picking him for a cup game against Barnsley, when the reports were that he's pretty fully fit and hasn't any injury like fresh injury worries, then I think I mean a loan's probably best. OJ, do do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think if he's not going to get into the squad, then he needs to go somewhere else. I don't want to sell Loftus Cheek. Uh, I think he's a good player, but if he if Frank if he's not in Frank's plans, then he needs to be he needs to be used elsewhere. And if if that means a loan move, then that means a loan move. And if it helps him get better and get back on his feet, I'm I'm happy for that. Um, I think central midfield is one of our best positions in terms of depth. You know, you've got Kante, Kovacic, Jorginho, Mount. Havertz, Barkley, Barkley. yeah, Gilmore when he's Gilmore when he's fit. So, if we lose one, it's not the end of the world. Especially if I I think, especially if it's Loftus Cheek, because Chelsea fans love to sing Loftus Cheek's praises, and other fans hate Loftus Cheek because all we do is bang on about how good he is, (laughs) and he doesn't. For me, Loftus Cheek can be a great player. He is 26, 25, 25, 26, yeah. 25, 26. And for me, hasn't reached his sort of bill that everyone's been talking about. Um, I haven't seen... Obviously, he was good at Palace. I know that. But for me, in a Chelsea shirt, I haven't seen these great performances enough to sort of warrant a space over like Kante, Kovacic and other players like that in the midfield. Um, So for me, I would send him on loan. I think that's a good idea. Um, Yeah. I mean, it sounds a bit like a meme, obviously, this comparison with Jesse Lingard at Manchester United and Ruben Loftus-Cheek because they've always been billed up as this young guy who's still got loads of talent and obviously they're, I don't, Lingard's older, I think, than, than Loftus-Cheek, but Loftus-Cheek is now 25. So he's not young, he's not this prospect. And the point is, I think we have to accept that he might not reach his potential, which we thought he could get to. But if he reaches his limit right now, or does get there, why does it matter if Loftus-Cheek is 24, 25, 26? You know, he might be 26 if he comes back off loan, he might be va- reaching 27. If we can get two or three good years out of him because he's developed well on the loan, well, well, so be it, you know? It's not about, oh, there's a 19-year-old who's worse than Loftus-Cheek at this current moment but could be better. If he's there and he's the best player for the position, he's going to play. We bought Kovacic, and he's not young, but he's world-class. Kante, the same thing. We don't have to get bogged down by only playing young players, which I think we all accept. Yeah. Um... And I think if there was a choice between, you know, playing Billy Gilmore now, um, 
to get his potential, you know, you know, to get him to game time or to give a fully fit Loftus-Cheek game time, you'd go with Loftus-Cheek now because you know what he can do right now if he gets to that level. So as I say, going on loan, whether, I mean, he can't go to Palace now, I think it's Batshuayi's there. But if he could get a decent loan, like a West Ham potentially, God knows how that would work out at West Ham, but I mean, you don't want to see him struggle or go down because that would ruin his confidence. Imagine but... that, mm. that central partnership of... <sighs> Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Mark Noble. Oh wow! I mean, just just effortless goals and Andy Carroll and oh, he's he's at Newcastle. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, no, but I just think yeah, if he can go away, prove himself in the Premier League, have a good year, he will earn his right again for next year. And Chelsea aren't going to reply. Chelsea aren't going to go and buy a stack of new midfielders. We're trying to empty it out. We're trying to get rid of Ross Barkley. Mm. You know, we're not buying another midfielder. We're just doing a one in one he out. Did, he did score last night. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. Yeah. He looked like pre-season Ross Barkley last night. Apart from that miss. That shocking miss. Might, might be miss of the season. I think we're going to have to make a new thing where every week we go through miss of the week. Miss of the week. That Ross Barkley. To be fair, Mason Mount was up there. Or stink, yeah. stinker of the week. Stinker of the week. Stinker of the week. Yeah. Oh, well, that was definitely stinker of the week. Yeah. What? Mason Mount or Ross Barkley? No, no, no. Ross Barkley. Oh, my the, goodness me. The build-up, just to go off a... Let's go on a tangent for a second. The build-up play was amazing. It was sensational. The build-up play was so good. The passing, the moving, the cross, even even the cross in from yeah. I think Giroud. It was it was insane. Yeah. And then Ross Barkley on the penalty spot of all places. Ross... One of the worst start. The penalty spot at the same end that he missed that penalty in the Champions League last year. Need oh, need need reminded. It's just for... <sighs> yeah. That was, anyway, that was annoying. We'll move on. We like Loftus Cheek. We really want him to succeed, but the fact is he's not young. We can't keep prioritising him now over players that are better than him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, great transition here. Loftus-Cheek linked to West Ham. West yeah. Ham have got a certain English midfielder. Mark Noble. Yes. We're interested in Mark No, obviously. <laughs> I saw some things on Twitter this morning. How do we get the propaganda going okay. for this guy? So, it was either, I think... People settled on the Basmati Busquets. <laughs> it's okay. it's Declan Rice. Um, I mean, if we could use Loftus Cheek to leverage that deal in any any way, I'll be up for it. If this deal meant a swap deal and some money with Loftus Cheek for Rice, I would still be for that. Yeah, um, it's a hard one to say, but I would still be for that. I think our need for Declan Rice outweighs our need for a fully fit Loftus cheek personally sure where do you guys stand on that take and the rice deal in general i mean declan rice is i think we all want him don't we we've been after him for so long he's he's he's, i would say he's probably he's probably itching for a move the amount of times he's interacted with chelsea players on social media we've seen him with john terry exchanging the love on instagram on twitter and stuff like that but uh, anyway i think that I mean, he'd be a fantastic player for us. His versatility is also very, very good. I think central midfield and centre-back. I'd just like to say, until we make a bid, Declan Rice is going to be as professional as ever. He's yeah. not going to force the move himself. We make a bid, Declan Rice can take control of it from his side of the deal. Mm-hmm. He will want it. He will be itching for it, as you say. But until we make the first move, Rice isn't exactly going to squander his position as possible West Ham captain for now. Because mm-hmm. this deal might not be done this window. It might not be done January. He's still got a year here to play for England, to play for West Ham, to be West Ham captain. Mm-hmm. He's not going to ruin that on the chance that forcing a move will make it happen. Mm. I mean, with Marina, anything's possible. But no, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, I'd love Declan Rice. That's actually a good question, though. Would you... So you say you would swap Loftus Cheek plus a bit of Wonga for for Rice? I think in that deal we're we're ending up going Loftus Cheek plus cash for Rice, yeah, for sure. Okay, Luca, what about you? Would just, you be up for that? Is that Loftus Cheek on a permanent? Yeah, just yeah, 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 permanent. I love Loftus Cheek. I've loved him for years, but I mean, if Declan Rice is coming the other way, a man of his quality at his age, I think I probably have to accept it, as much as it pains me to say it. He's just Declan Rice is just quality. If he's played in the right way, not like he has been for England recently, where he's this ball-playing midfielder out from the back, yeah. Jorginho-style player. <laughs> yeah. He's the kind of guy that sweeps everything up, just takes control and just plays it out and just lets play go on. So I think if he's... 
I'd take it, but as long as he's used in the right way, not like he has been for England, I'd happily take it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement because I would also take Declan Rice, fell off the cheek. Um, yeah, I think Rice is pretty much exactly what we need. Um, like Luca said, he can fill in at centre-back. Um, obviously, our centre-backs looked okay last night. In the Premier League, not sure how pleased I've been with our centre-backs. Can I quickly go back and speak about Declan Rice? One more thing, final thing. Of course you can. Because I do like the man. Of course you can. <laughs> I've been adamant since our interest came up for Declan Rice that he was going to play centre-back for us. Yep. Rumour is from good people, like the people at The Athletic, people like with ties to Lampard, is that he wants a holding midfielder to defend. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's saying that Kante isn't going to do it. He doesn't want Kante to play as a CDM. He's not convinced that Kante's the guy because in Kante's role, he obviously runs around and leaves his post. He literally wants Claude Makélélé to come and sit in that. He just wants someone to break up. He wants McTominay. I like McTominay. I think McTominay and Rice are a fairly similar sort of player in that role. Just sit in front of the defence, play the ball out, give it to someone else, win the ball, like a Lam- give it to like Havertz. Yeah. yeah, win the ball. Give it to Kovacic. Give it to Mount. Yeah. Move. Just And just sit there. I want your average position to be right in between the two centre-backs. Nowhere else. That's basically it. Right. I don't know if how I feel about that for Rice. I think he can do it, but I'd also like to see him at centre-back. But yeah, basically, I just thought I'd drop that in there because that was something that I read. Well, it's something quite interesting. Well, I don't, is I don't Rice think... the right player then? I think he can position. be. Mm-hmm. I think he can be. But I would really like to see him at centre-back. But I don't know if over the past week he's gone, oh... Tamori, oh Thiago Silva, oh Zuma. There's three centre backs that will keep me covered for long enough. If we were to get Rice, ah, oh, there's room for him in midfield now. Mm-hmm. Not, holy shit, we need a centre back desperately. Maybe he's not as desperate right now. Moving on to the defence, as you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think the defence is better than it was last year. Still not good. Um, Chilwell looks alright for the last 20 minutes last night um, Reese James has been really good really impressive sensational mm-hmm. someone who I you know I'm a big fan of but didn't uh, didn't I genuinely we watched the game last night didn't hear Azpilicueta's name once no I didn't even I, at half time I said was he on the pitch in the yeah, did. I didn't hear his name I, I genuinely if you told me we were playing with 10 men and Azpilicueta wasn't on the pitch, I would have believed you. He looked so leggy last night when he was playing as well. The difference between having Reese James and Azpilicueta, wow. It's yeah. so obvious this season, so obvious. Yeah, and, you know, I said last year that he was my player of the season, Azpilicueta. Mm-hmm. Um, this year so far, probably been his younger apprentice yeah Reese James yeah because you know he's been sensational he scored an absolute corker of a goal against Brighton he played well uh admitted you know we lost 2-0 to Liverpool um but I didn't think I didn't think we played badly in the first half maybe the second half was a bit ropey but the first half we were decent Probably deserved the nil-nil going into half-time. And last night, our defence was really good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I say really good. It was okay. I think the shortcomings last night was more in the midfield than our defence. I think without that cover, it left them quite exposed. Sure. Silver on his debut. Tomori's not played much. Azpilicueta and Emerson. Well, I mean, Emerson. I forgot the last time he played for Chelsea. It was probably the Arsenal game. And that wasn't great, was it? No. Um. So, yeah. I think without the midfield cover last night, our, our defence did look exposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one player, Luke, you can speak on him. It's so good to see this guy being Chelsea's best centre-back because this was his potential when we got him. Hampered by injury, he's gone out on loan moves to prove himself. Kurt Zuma is becoming the Kurt Zuma we wanted him to be. It's so good to see him playing well. Yeah, I know. So, so good. So 
say it for those in the back. Say it louder. Yeah, like honestly, he's so good. It, it, he's he's brilliant. I love him. He just it, wins everything in the air every time I look at him. He's just he oozes he just, swag. He just swag. He oozes. <laughs> the swag. Liverpool game, he pocketed Van Dyke. Apparently, Van Dyke didn't win a single <laughs> aerial duel against Kurzuma. So he's just he's just an animal, isn't he? He's so good. He's so aggressive. He's, he's right now. He's so playing, quick. Right now, he's playing like the first 10 seconds of that Ajax game the, with the run that he makes he's, he's playing like the first 10 seconds usually he plays like the last second of that run where he hoofs it out of the stadium Nat, Nat at the moment he's playing like the step over Kurt Zuma yeah. the weaving in between defenders Kurt Zuma he is not the, the blast it over the Matty Harden stand the Ronald Dino of centre backs right now Kurt Zuma those big step overs yeah. he, he just I don't know how much of a leadership role he's taken up this year, but he looks so much more confident now. Mm-hmm. Without Rudigan, without Christensen, I mean, obviously he played actually quite well with Christensen for the first half of the Liverpool yeah. game. Um, but on the ball, he just looks like he's taking over that. The defence is his. It looks like his defence. He is organising Christensen. He's telling James what to do. He will be telling um, Alonso... Chillwell, what to do? <laughs> I just think that face. One year with Thiago Silva for Kurt Zuma at centre back could do him an almighty amount of good, like an unbelievable amount. Yeah, of good. and he's still a perfect age. What is he? Twenty? He's twenty-five. He's like twenty-five still. It's like, unbelievable. I couldn't believe that when I read it. I was like, wow, he's Kurt Zuma's only twenty-five. He spent a year at Chelsea, a year on loan, a year at Stoke, a year at Everton. And he's so, still only so he spent 25. three years in the Premier League, and now he's playing his best football. Uh, this is probably his best spell of football he's ever played for Chelsea, or rivaling before he got injured. Yeah. Mm. And the rumor was that he was going to be sold at the start of the transfer window for forty million. Not a chance. He's first choice right now. Mm. As much as it was uh, a bit of confusion early on in the season and last season, who was our best centre back? Yeah. It, the blame was kind of flitting between Rudiger, Christensen, Zuma. Did have his wobbles. I mean, the Everton game, it was just a shambles. That's when it all kind of fell apart and everyone was taking the blame. But since then, it's just been only... only The only way it's up for Zuma right now. Yeah, and I can't remember. It's one of you guys was talking about Anthony Barry, I feel like, the other day. The new defensive coach yeah, yeah. that we got from Wigan. Mm-hmm. I think it was Luca. Probably since, me, yeah. Yeah, since we've had him this season, we've only conceded... Two, we've, we've conceded three goals. three goals. Two of them were defensive mistakes. Kepa and... Kepper. Um so goalkeeper mistake. Yes. And the third one was a really nice goal from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. If you told me we were going to play three games this season, one against Liverpool, one against uh fairly fluid Brighton on the first game of the season and we'd only have like one proper one like de- goal conceded that wasn't from Kepper. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm no longer nervous <laughs> when we we're like, defending a set piece in the league table. Can we have like a column for goals Four goals against and then goals conceded by Kepa. Yeah, it just doesn't. It was somebody was putting. I think it was some Liverpool guy on Twitter was like, "Ah, oh, Mane's so good, Mane's so good." And Matisse just replied and was like, "Literally, Kepa goals just don't count. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, why Stop. are you gloating about goals against Kepa? Yeah. Come Mane, on now." Mane scored zero goals this season. I yeah, don't literally. Know what you're talking about. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Just uh, speak. I don't know, like what you think the difference in our defense is, because personnel-wise, it's changed a little bit, but it, it looks, it does look better. It looks a lot more composed. I'm no longer nervous when an opponent step up for a corner or a set piece. I actually think we're going to clear it, and I think the form some of our defenders are in now. I mean, we're going in the right direction. I think Anthony Barry. I think he came from Wigan. Apparently, there was there was high praise for him at Wigan, even though they may have gone down because they conceded quite a few but that wasn't they went down they went they went they went down not by their own fault but yeah I they would have stayed up i think they went down at the expense of barnsley Barnsley. but yeah i think the addition of anthony barry is the defensive coaches worked wonders and i think yeah if we can continue the way we're going i'll say it again the only way is up because it's looking very good it really is it it really is um i know that we are three games into the season, but this is our first podcast of the season. So, before we um, before we get on to, uh, I just want I want to talk about Werner and Havertz at the end. Um, before we get on to that, uh, I just thought league predictions. Uh, like let's say top six, 
what, for the whole league? For the whole... No, well, yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. I've got it. I did one on my phone, didn't I? Um, to be fair, I did one on my phone as well. Gonna sort of... I'm gonna have to add-lib this I'll a little find bit. mine. Man City to win the league. I thought this probably at the start of the season. I do think this now. They looked really, really sharp against Wolves as well. Um, Man City to win the league. Liverpool to finish second. I think we'll finish third. Um... Fourth could be a mixture of teams. I do think Spurs will be up there fighting for fourth place. I wouldn't be surprised to see Spurs. Spurs and United finish fourth and fifth. Not sure which way round. Um, I'll do this quickly. I'll go United, Spurs, and then Everton sixth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, United Spurs, Spurs, Everton. Everton. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I've gone for... Liverpool champions, and that was before they signed the likes of Diogo Jota from Wolves and Thiago. So I think my prediction of Liverpool winning the league is even more apparent now. I think City are going to come second. I think the way they started and the way they sort of sort of grind out results throughout the season, I think that will push them through. I've gone for us in third. I think the signings we've made, uh, I think that will just elevate us even more, even though people are saying, oh, Chelsea are looking a bit shaky against Liverpool and Brighton. They might not even get top five, but I don't think that's true. But yeah, I think we'll go third. We'll be fourth, United, and then Arsenal fifth and Spurs in sixth. Okay. Arsenal fifth? Yeah. What's your thinking, what's your thinking behind that quickly? I don't know. I just think Aubameyang has started the season on fire, so I think that... And Lacazette. And Lacazette, to be fair. And the signings, signing of Gabriel, I think, um, albeit against Fulham, I heard that he was very good. He scored a goal. He he looks very like solid at the back. And um, have they signed anyone else? I can't remember now. Um, see Sabios. Sabios back on loan. On a on a permanent deal now. I think no. It's on no, a, I think they've got a another new loan to buy. But yeah, with the likes of Gabriel at the back, who's made their defence look a lot more secure. And if Vamian can keep scoring goals the way he ended last season, I think. Fifth will be theirs, I, though I do think United will pick them to fourth. Yeah. Um, I So this is before the season started. I had City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton. Um, and the reason I had United above us was because I feel like they only had six months with Bruno Fernandes and they looked really good. Um, and I think that Bruno Fernandes this year is going to be probably even better than he was. Um, but I would like to change. I'm going to change. Go on. I'm going against Spencer. I've I've gone changing. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, will... You know what? No, right. Let, let's stop there for a, for a second. This is staying in. Um, what did we give out to Barkley earlier? What was that award? Stinker, stinker of the, of the week. week. You've had stinker of the week by just saying that sentence. That is outrageous. We're going to clip this and this is going to be the intro to the podcast. Oh, don't. This is the intro, yeah. Oh, great. You're a moron. Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> Crikey. Jesus. Continue. Anyway, I'd like to change. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to say Liverpool to win. Um, I'll say City second. I think we'll go third and United will go fourth. And I'll stick with Arsenal fifth, Everton sixth. But I do think Arsenal look really good at the moment. Um, obviously, I know their first game of the season was against Fulham, but they destroyed Fulham. Like, absolutely caned Fulham. And their second game of the season was... West Ham. And Did, did you watch that? I mean, they weren't they weren't amazing. They were, I know they weren't amazing. Yeah. But they were good against Fulham. And, you know, we, we weren't amazing against... Brighton particularly no, no. and we won 3-1 yeah. so I think and I think Arteta's I like I like Mikel Arteta I'm a so, huge fan of Mikel Arteta yeah. as manager I was <laughs> a fan of him as a player and I'm now I'm a fan of him as a manager now I was speaking to Matthew Key um, who we've had on this podcast the Ar- Arsenal fan um, about Arsenal the Arsenal fan and I look at Arsenal and I'm I'm, I'm not worried yet but they have got the basis, just like United and just like Chelsea, to really creep up on teams. Yeah. I don't think Arsenal will have the consistency this year. And I don't think they'll quite be there. But when Arsenal play, they will play 
fantastic really well. football. Yeah. Just that because they do, they always do. It's Arsenal. They do have good players, and they have got an unbelievable youth academy. Players like Nelson, Saka. I mean, Martinelli. It'd be interesting to see how much he plays this season. I think he's injured um, know, for a little while, yeah. which is unfortunate. Gabriel looks like a real steal on the transfer market. Left-footed centre-half. Leno's playing well. I do worry about holding um, if he's going to be a bit of a fixture for them. I don't rate him particularly. And I do worry about their uh, sort of defensive midfield. But if they were to somehow... If they were to get Thomas Partey and Hussein Mawar... Wow! If they get both of them, I'm that would I'll, be, I will start to be worried. That would be quite a team. And again, I don't think quite they'll have the consistency to really make a quite a top four challenge. I think they'll fall off at some point. Okay. But I look at them and I think they they'll be challenging United. I think United are a little way off us, a little way off us um, at the moment, just because of I really don't rate Ole at all. Um, sure. I think if you if you were to swap Ole with Arteta. Or an Arteta United team and an Arteta Arsenal team against each other, they'd be really similar. Okay. In a hypothetical world. Mm-hmm. I do rate the setup Arsenal have got, and I think if they get things right, which they've done, going with Arteta, they could be a real, real force in a couple of years' time. But not yet, in okay. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, last talking point of the episode is going to be Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. Uh, our two new Yerman signings. Um Agent Rudy, bless him, bless him, oh, bless God. his little art, is now not in the squad after grafting for Werner and Havertz. Um, do we feel bad for Rudiger? I do. I do. A bit. In all honesty, I do. It um, it is sad, but you got to be ruthless at a football club. Um, all right, that's the last bit on Rudiger. Uh... <laughs> Look, I do think Havertz and Werner would both have come without Rudiger. But he tipped it but, over the yeah. edge faster than yeah, definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how well has have us have a, oh my god I can't say his name, that's embarrassing. How well has Havertz played and how well has Werner played in the first three games of the season? Werner has looked very 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 sharp. I really like the way he runs. Uh, he makes the runs down the line, even though he plays centrally. He still has the ability to sort of know when the when the runs are available down the wing, and I think if he can link up with Reese J, uh, hang on, he'd be playing, yeah, he'd be playing on the left. So if he's linking up with Ben Chilwell, I think that could be a real force because he can get the ball on the wing, cut inside, and just work from there really. So I think I've been really impressed with how he started. His work rate as well is fantastic. He's really good. He's really confident. When I've seen him in interviews, he's really, he's really upbeat. He's really like happy chap, and I really like the way. He, I just really like the way he's fit into the squad. All right. Tom. Yeah. I'll try and keep it short. Go. Two things. He almost reminds me a little bit of Aguero when he first came to the Premier League. His Werner. rawness. Werner. Yeah. Yeah. His rawness is like, wow. He's quicker than Aguero. Probably not as natural a finisher as Aguero, but he just sort of reminds me of him, little bits of his movement. Um, I know they're different types of players. I don't know what it is about him. It's just the excitement of getting sure. somebody that... You know, this isn't a young starlet. This is someone that's proven. Like his goals last year, 28 goals in the Bundesliga. It's immense. That is goals. Secondly, that he's is, just... swag. <laughs> he just looks a really, really top-class player. He looks the finished article, almost, you know? He just looks like... How many times do you get players come in and go, wow, this, this guy could win the golden boot? Yeah. Like, yeah. Aguero, he came in and we were like, wow, this is, this is threatening. Yeah, he just runs. His attitude is immense. Mm-hmm. He's smart. He curses, runs. He waits. Give him the service, and this guy will score a hatful of goals. I'm so excited to see him develop. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Um, have uh, Werner is, you know how much I've been banging on about Timo Werner for over two years now, trying to like he was in my FIFA 18 career mode. <laughs> with Chelsea and we finally have him and I'm so so gassed um I don't think he's had a great start he's he's been there he's been decent but he's not been as good as perhaps some people expected him to be right out of the blocks but I don't think you can expect that it's a new league and he has to get used to it I think one-on-one 
on the ball, he struggled. Um, yeah. Ben White seemed to get the better of him once he had the ball in a standoff. Fabinho. Yeah. Werner got into a position where he would have backed himself a couple of times against Liverpool and against Brighton, where you think, oh, if he can get past him here, and he's just not been able to take it past him. Other than that, I think he's been really, really sharp, as Lucas says. But I'd just say the one thing I've picked up on is he hasn't really been able to knock it past a player yet or do a little jinx, a little cut inside. Maybe that maybe that'd be the next step yeah. for him. When you say you said before when when you first started talking about Werner that he was almost the finished article, are you saying now that the bit that's missing from him is that ability to take it past players? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I probably said that a little bit too early. He's nearly the finished article. But he just looks like the sort of guy that you bring into a team and just go, well, he's going to score goals. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tailor things to him. When we had Morata, you had to tailor to him. You had to tailor to his needs. What does he need? We'll do it. With Werner, it's like, whatever we do, this guy's just going to score a goal. He's going to put the ball in the net. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by the finished article. He's just there. He comes straight into the team. And he will score goals because he's a striker. Midfielder, like Havertz, is slightly different. We will have to play into him and give the ball to him in certain areas. To Werner, doesn't matter. He'll do something with it. Okay. All right. Well, that is that is the episode wrapped up, I think. I think all that's. Right. I think we've spoken about everything we want. Yeah, it's, yeah. Co- it's covered all the topics, hasn't it? Oh, maybe uh, West Brom score predictions. Oh, good, good idea. I'll say 3-1. I'll say... I'll say four nil. I was gonna go. For, I was gonna go for four nil. I'll be different. I'll go three nil. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. West Brom score predictions there, right at the end. Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Luca, do you want to do the little uh, shout out? Shout out to the pod on top of the hill, Laurie and Ollie, uh, Forest Green fans who we're now living with this year in the big old pod house. Uh, yeah, check them out on Twitter. The pod on top of the hill. So Forest Green podcast. Being a football podcast, I'd just like to say they do produce really good content. They're very good. Their on, content is very on Twitter, good. On Twitter, they are on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like what they actually say, they they have a brain. They have a footballing, footballing brain. They do produce really good like daily content. Nothing against Nathan and Kieran. I just don't understand what they're saying half the time. <laughs> if you if you do want to go and see a little or listen to a little wrestling podcast, uh, you can. It's called the Wednesday Pinfall Podcast. And you can listen to it on all things. Platforms, <laughs> Platforms. I think is the word. You're <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah, the Wednesday Pinfall podcast hosted by Kieran and our good friend Nathan. I don't. Yeah, uh, go and listen to that. It's a. It's a. They do an AEW wrestling, and they do. Uh, WW no NXT 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 yeah. Oh God. Rinse me. Um, if you want to follow our social media, it is at the Blue Crew Pod on Instagram and at the Blue Crew Pod One on Twitter. Um, my Twitter is at Oliver underscore OJ underscore Jones. My Twitter is at UOG Luca, and my Twitter is at Tom Coley forty nine. There we go, fellas. It has been a pleasure to be back here. Finally, face to face. hear your non. Wi-Fi affected voices <laughs> through some headphones. It feels so much better to be here. I'm so excited for some more content this year. We're going to try and be better, more consistent. Um, I'm sure we'll get an episode out next week after the West Brom game on Saturday. 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 We'll try and Saturday. get one out next week. Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. it's exciting. Chelsea are exciting this season. So is the Blue Crew podcast. Really We're always guys. excited. Thanks for listening. Thank guys. you so much. For listening. What a play he is! That is outrageous! Smash and grab in front of the Chelsea fans! Goodness me, that is even better.